Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Lucy, whose beautiful name signifies light, by the light of faith which God bestowed upon you, increase and preserve his light in our souls, so that we may avoid evil and be zealous in the performance of good works, and abhor nothing so much as the blindness and the darkness of evil and sin. Obtain for us by your intercession with God perfect vision for my bodily eyes and the grace to use them for God's greater honor and glory and the salvation of souls. St. Lucy, Virgin and Martyr, hear our prayers and obtain our petitions through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. A great saint of the church, one whose name is listed in the Eucharistic Prayer 1. Uh, a martyr uh, from the early days and uh, an amazing story, much tradition about her life, but the most probably blatant uh, fact about her is her eyes were gouged out. And so often you'll see her statues, she's holding a plate with her two eyeballs on it. Um, and uh, a heroic martyr and virgin of the church. St. Lucy, pray for us. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the gospel message from Matthew 11 that's in our readings for Mass today. It says, Jesus said to the crowds, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's an interesting uh, message he gives us. And really, this time of year, who isn't looking for a little more rest? The days are tiring. I mean, the, normal life is tiring. But uh, the last few weeks, as we get closer to Christmas, there's more activity. There's more things happening. You know, I think today our tree is arriving. It's about a... 18 footer and that will take probably i don't know five or six hours to decorate uh, with a with a whole gaggle of people and many other things like this uh are happening uh so it's just the normal way life goes so when jesus says come to me and i will give you rest that should that should look very attractive to, to you uh if you're having any kind of a busy life like i am these days so what does he mean? The other thing that I find interesting about this particular passage is he's, he says, I am meek and humble of heart. Imagine that the one who created all of creation is meek and humble of heart. It's almost unfathomable to kind of think about that because when we think of people who are very powerful and who do great things, I don't often think of them as meek and humble of heart, you know? The people that seem to be running the world, the kings, the princes, the presidents, um, are they meek and humble of heart? I don't I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know their heart. But certainly you, you can see meekness. When you see meekness, you know it. 
And humility is really uh, the only visible sign of humility is obedience. So we've all seen these leaders, particularly during COVID, who set one rule for us and do whatever they want for themselves. So that would not be humble at all. Uh, and meek, meek is a word that, you know, people wrestle with. What is meekness? What is it? Well, it's it's almost a state of submissiveness. And you could say this about Jesus. He was submissive to his father's will his entire life, his entire life. So that could be uh, what you could call meek. And it's essentially an attitude or a quality of heart whereby the person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone else. And for Jesus, that was his father. For us, it should be the same. It should be we are meek and submissive to God and his will, right? Should we not be doing that? We should be doing that. But often people hear the word meek and they think it meek means weak. Jesus was anything but weak. He is the most powerful, most viral, uh, virile, most uh, strong man that ever lived uh, and walked the earth. Yet he was meek. So let's go back to resting in the Lord. Um, let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt stuck in a, a kind of tiresome routine? It happens to the best of us, you know. We get into a routine that becomes somewhat dull and tiring. And uh, we feel like every day is the same fight with the same results. This can happen. Uh, and we have to be careful not to uh, submit to that because that will drag you into despair. And the way to get out of this, somebody just told me this recently, that you can't have gratitude and fear at the same time. I believe that's what they said. Gratitude and fear. They don't go together. If you have, if you have any gratitude, you can't really, the emotion will cloud out the fear. So gratitude's in, uh, so important in the life of the, of the Catholic, of the Christian person. Um, and you know, if you can't think of what to be grateful for, just look at the cross. You could have the worst life on the planet. You could have the life of St. Josephine Bakita, tortured at the age of seven, marched across a hot desert barefoot in the hot sand for 600 miles, a seven-year-old tortured, carved up, salt poured in her wounds to, to purposefully inflict more pain and then scar her body. You know what? When she finally met Jesus, it all changed. It all changed. She couldn't believe that there was a God who suffered, was tortured, and died so that we could have new life. She couldn't believe it because she'd been the one who'd been tortured her whole life. And really with no great benefit to anybody, uh, I suppose if she was able to uh, later offer that up with in union with Jesus on the cross, it would have some he uh, healing and powerful effects. But while she was going with it, she didn't know who Jesus was. And at the, you know, once she came to know Jesus and was baptized, she said, I was created by love. Love sustains me and love awaits my return. And therefore I am good. I'm good. She didn't care what was happening around her because that great love of God that she experienced in her heart was awaiting her return and is actually abiding with her. 
through this life. No matter what you're going through, the Lord's with you. But back to the <laughs> the weariness and the tiresome routines of life. Um, I would imagine for mothers with new babies, uh, we just had a, uh, I baptized a baby yesterday, little uh, Giovanna Rosemarie. She was born on the Immaculate Conception. She was baptized on the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, I think the Lord has something special in plan for her. And, you know, that, that mother now has, uh, I believe that was the sixth child they have. And they're all under, I guess they're all, there's nobody yet receiving communion. So they're all under seven. Maybe it's the fifth child. I don't know. But it's a lot of kids. And uh, she comes to church every day, every day, drags those kids to mass. And they're, generally speaking, they're very good. In fact, she took the 18-month-old to Medjugorje, and that child was like a saint, never cried, never disappointed, always smiling, always happy. So uh, a very different perspective, I would imagine. But in general, the getting up three, four times a night to feed the baby, to change the diapers, it can get tiresome. Even when you love that baby, you know, you're physically suffering. Your body is very tired from being, all the sleep being interrupted. So, uh, now Matt, let me tell you, you know, some people think the remedy is a nap, but situations don't change just when you wake up from a nap. And, uh, you know, what you, sometimes you can't take a nap if you're working, you can't do it. But we don't have to feel that weariness and that uh, tiresome feeling at all. Yeah, I'm saying at all. You don't have to feel it at all. No matter how many hours you sleep or how much you eat to rejuvenate your body, nothing compares to the rest that God will offer you. Nothing. And I've often, when I've had uh, lack of sleep, you know, like I remember two years ago, I finished the Easter Vigil Mass, and you know, by the time you you get out of the church and lock everything up and put everything away, it's probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I got home. I was collapsing into bed, and the phone rings. There's somebody dying at the hospital, so I had to go to the hospital. And the hospital at that hour is locked up. You have to go through the emergency room, and then it requires a policeman to escort you up to the room. It's a big to-do. So by the time I get to see this person, it's after midnight. And, of course, I went, I anointed them. Uh, it was very interesting. The minute I said, uh, you have everything you need and we're in uh, the Easter vigil. It is Easter morning. You know, this is the perfect day to, to go go to God. And that man flatlined the minute I said that. Beep. The family was horrified. They all looked at me like I killed him. And I said, look, he was waiting for me to, to do this. And now he's going home. And this is the perfect day to go home. is the day of the resurrection. Uh, and they did eventually come to peace with that. But what does it mean to rest in the Lord? Um, God can give us rest that we can't find in this life. You know, as I was just talking about that story, the reason I was mentioning it is because I went to bed and I had to get up. You know, the morning mass was coming quickly. I said, you know, Lord, just please multiply. Give me three hours rest for every hour's sleep. And I woke up that morning after like four hours of sleep and felt like a million bucks. 
God can do that. God can do that. And so the concept of taking one's rest in the Lord, it really transcends any form of leisure in this life that we can think of. Because resting in the Lord means casting all our worries, our burdens, and our discomfort into his hands. We're placing our lives fully into his hands, and we have that great hope, that great hope and that great trust in him. And in that great hope and trust, we take this huge leap of faith, which, you know, we need to do on a daily basis. Uh, and what is hope? What is hope? Well, it's the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. You should memorize that. That would be a good thing for you to know. That's straight out of the Catechism, paragraph 1817. Let me say it again. Hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Yep, that's what we need, the Holy Spirit. So when we cast our troubles on God, how does that affect us? Well, let's think about this. We rest every night feeling protected in most I would say most, but not all places, uh, protected by the soldiers that keep our country safe, right? And I would say in your cities, used to be police forces, but now in a lot of places, uh, for whatever reason, um, that may not be happening as it used to, political reasons. But we do proceed in our daily lives knowing that these brave men and women are always on watch and on call, the, the U.S. military. And because we trust them, we feel protected. And we don't really worry much about our safety. I mean, do you? I don't. I mean, you see the news and it seems a bit crazy around the world, but we generally feel protected here, you know? And if we give God the same trust, I would say at, at least the same trust, if we cast our worries on the Lord, who has immeasurable and infinite power, no problem will ever phase you. It shouldn't. Because there's nothing God cannot save or solve, and that includes the things that are bothering you right now, today. He can do it. He can do it. Psalm 37.7 reminds us to be still and wait for the Lord's presence. God's rest gives us the freedom to enjoy the life he's given us. And he loves you so much that he wants to fight your battle. You just have to allow him to do it. Our trust is our strength to activate our rest in the Lord. That's right out of Isaiah 30, uh, verse 15. So we have to surrender ourselves in order for God to start working in our lives. You know, just like Jesus in his meekness was always submissive to the will of his father, we have to be submissive to God and give him the freedom to take control of everything going on in our lives. 
and that's an odd word to use, but it really is, we give him the freedom, we give him the permission. We say, Lord, I give you my life and the state that it's in, in this moment, and I give it completely to you. I give you my, my mind, my body, my soul, my worries, my fears, my joys, my today, my yesterday, my tomorrow, my uh, my day, all that has to ha occur today. I'm giving a, a little retreat today to a, a parish right after this broadcast. So I give that to the Lord. You know, I'll begin opening those hearts even now before I arrive and, and prepare them to receive your word and to be transformed by your love. This is what we do before we head out into the day. But it has to come from that surrender. It has to come from the surrender. And, and he gives us the freedom to be willing or not. Can you imagine? This is how great God is. He gives us the freedom to say, yes, Lord, or even no. He gives us the freedom to say no. Most of the time, the problem keeps circulating and forms even bigger problems when we deny ourselves the assurance that only God can give us. And it makes me look at the world, and, and I really don't wonder why we're in the state we are, because just look at it. You know, so many people, not only do they not give God permission to use them and to come into their lives, but they completely ignore him. They reject him. They blaspheme him. I mean, when, that, when you get a, a, a large majority of people doing that, that sways the spiritual realm, and the demons have more power. And that's why we're seeing the world in the state that it's in. Simple as that. The battle is in the spirit realm, and, it, and the casualties occur in the natural. That's the problem. Uh, but that's really true, and we have to start recognizing that, you know, sin is the root of all evil. If everybody stopped sinning today, the world would be transformed. It would be a new heaven and a new earth. That would be it. It would be amazing. And yet this is what's happening. And it all goes back to, you know, we have to acknowledge God for who he is. That's the first step. And that's the first truth. God is and always was and always will be. And from him, everything was made through the word. And when we've come to recognize that, that he holds all in the palm of his hand, everything, even the most minute little problem you're going through today, or it could be a big problem. He's got it right in the palm of his hand. And it's so small to him, even though it could be the greatest worry of your life. It's so small compared to the power he has, compared to the love he has for you. It's just, it's so small. And, and you must know that. So don't let it overwhelm you. So are you struggling or are you, well, to answer that, let's look at the book of Proverbs. This is Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. There it is. That's the whole understanding of what we're talking about today. And it really does clarify one thing. We must trust God, not rely on our, our own understanding and our own power. It's very clear to me that this speaks of how we should and need to submit to him. And it answers our question regarding how we are either struggling or surrendering. Are we, which one are you in? 
and, and the good news is you don't have to stay there. You could be struggling in one minute and the, then you just hand it over to God and say, Lord, come into my heart and take this, take it all, take it all and dwell in me. Bring your peace and your hope and your joy and dwell in me. And almost instantly it can lift the oppression you're feeling. It's often a spirit, you know, it's often a demonic spirit, that oppression, that feeling of despair. And, and God can cast that right out. So, <coughs> excuse me, very important that we submit to him and trust he will do what we need to have done. Uh, one of the best examples of this is David and Goliath. Uh, how many characteristics that David possessed are relatable in your life today? So before he was the king, he was really a boy who never fought in any battles. As a matter of fact, he was just a shepherd and he tended to the family sheep. But he showed his faith and trust in God when he agreed to fight Goliath, this huge Philistine that nobody in the Israeli army was going to go up against. Uh, he was, it says he was nine feet tall. So he was a giant, a veritable giant. So David not only chooses to fight him, but he rejected Saul's offer to wear the armor. And instead he chooses a slingshot and a couple of stones from the riverbed. And what happened? He triumphed over Goliath and he won. So, you know, first of all, David came to the battle without a single fear in his body. And it wasn't because he knew he was strong, because he wasn't, at least not physically. But his intense faith towards the Lord gained him the confidence that he walked into that battle with. And he was calm because he did not feel burdened or tired. His strength was coming from God, who has immeasurable power. And this David can teach us to take our power not from ourselves or our positions in life, but from God. And once we do, our energy supply will never run out. And, you know, when you look at David, it doesn't even seem that he was afraid because he knew that God is bigger than any giant. But do we really live that out in our own lives? Because the giants that we face, you know, in periods of life when we get phone calls from doctors with diagnoses or the death of a loved one, uh, do we believe God is bigger than all the problems that we face and that cause us to be burdened, wearied, and tired? But there's many other more examples here. You know, Moses, look what God did through Moses. Uh, Mary and Joseph, you know, Mary and Joseph having to flee to Egypt. They totally trusted God. Even when it... it on, you know, on paper, that didn't make sense. Going to a foreign country, a pagan country where they didn't know anybody, where there was no uh, Jewish temple, where there was no worship. Of course, they were bringing God with them. So, you know, <laughs> so that's a large consolation, knowing that God is with you, literally, think, you know, not just spiritually, but physically. But, uh, you know, they, they trusted. They had complete surrender to God and his plan for their lives. And look how it turned out. This, it turned out perfectly according to the plan. 
So I think that's enough for today. Uh, Cast your cares on the Lord and be set free, and he will give you rest. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan, signing out. Thank you so much for listening to the Radio Maria Podcasts. It's thanks to listeners like you who donate that enable us to continue delivering quality content to listeners around the world. If you'd like to contribute and help us keep spreading the message of Our Lady's Son, please consider making a donation. You can reach us at 888-408-0201 or simply visit our donations tab on our website at radiomaria.us. Your generosity truly makes a difference. This has been a Radio Maria production.